Um, when we are vulnerable, we create connection with other people and we demonstrate our fortitude. So welcome to Eve. Very glad to have you here again. I know I've spoken to you briefly before for other companies, but now finally for the Gray Area Podcast. So welcome. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> Excellent. So the first question I usually ask people, and I'll ask you too, is what's new with you? What's your news of the week? Are you at TwitchCon? I think Take This is. Mm. Yes, my, my colleague, my clinical director, Dr. B is at TwitchCon. I am not. I am here in the Seattle area at my house working away on many other things. Excellent. Um, yep. Yep. Well, you were at PAX West, so you've covered your conventions this year. Uh, it sounded like pretty busy. Oh, absolutely. And um, I, you know, I have a kid. I have uh, both my husband and I work in the game industry, so we try to keep our travel to a minimum and to the really the key places where I have to be. Um, Good. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You are the expert on balance and mental health. <laughs> <laughs> we all try our, in, in as many ways as we can to make it work. Yeah. Good. Well, it's been a bit of a tumultuous time in the industry right now. There's lots of news, lots of people uh, affected. One of the things is National Suicide Prevention Day, I believe, is at the beginning of this month. So anything like, what's the temperature of the nation, Eve? <laughs> you know, it's uh, in some ways it's a really tough time, and in some ways it's business as usual, right? We've had a, a recent spate of um, Me Too allegations come out in this industry that have um, brought out the dark side of trolling and harassment, and that's that's scary and unpleasant, and it's been tough for a lot of people. Tough is an understatement, um, but. There's also been exciting game releases and announcements, and you know the, the industry is is trucking along in, in really cool ways. And um, so uh, we are always concerned with the mental health of everybody in the industry. And so things like what has recently happened in the industry really concern us and and make us uh, put us on on high alert. But they aren't. Um, they aren't the only thing that's happening. And I don't want to dwell on that at the expense of a lot of other exciting stuff. Definitely. So some of the things we're going to talk about, and one of the things I, that I'm i doing this series for and, and to focus on is that I work in the indie space. And mm -hmm. I see uh, how a lot of developers are affected when their game gets to the point where it's ready to launch. And I don't think that's something that's really discussed a lot directly. So I want to kind of shed some light on that and do I'm doing comparisons in, in some of these from indie to AAA and how that differs in, in people's kind of mental reactions to a launch. So I'd like to kind of break that down a little bit and ask your opinion and, and maybe some creating like a guide, I'm working on something like that for people like tips, etc. So uh, one of the questions I guess to begin that is something I've kind of experienced and maybe is true is not true. It seems like the creatives, the artists, the people mm -hmm. that have that kind of mindset seems a little bit more predisposed to things like depression or anxiety. I see that more in the people that I know that are more like that. Are you finding that or is that just kind of random? There is some limited research that does indicate that people uh, in creative professions or with cre creative avocations have a greater dis uh, propensity for some types of mental health challenges. Um, 
in general though the 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 experience of being all consumed by any sort of project and then having it suddenly be over is challenging to anyone creative or not right yeah the experience of being all consumed by the the making and launch of a game and then not knowing what to do after whether or not it's it's successful in fact possibly even more if it's successful because they're in lies the the challenge and, and pressure to do the next good thing, right? Um, those mental health challenges are real, and uh, we want to we don't you don't want to minimize those, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, any yeah. any people do projects all the time and they complete them. Um, you see people even going to conventions and then coming back. Anytime you have it seems like a, a real like emotional marker there's always kind of like the pendulum swinging the other direction. And yes, that's, that's yeah. something I'm trying to prepare some of our developers for because it's like, I liken it to like that roller coaster going up and you hit the peak and then everything's over and you know, you're dealing with the ramifications of being exhausted and ending something creative. Um, so how do you suggest people prepare um, other than just being aware of it, of the idea of, okay, well, something is gonna end here. Yeah. I mean, part of it, it is being aware and also giving yourself space to feel like it's okay to feel down. Don't judge yourself for the emotional letdown because <laughs> that's inevitable and normal, right? So a lot of what I do is say, you're going to have feelings and feelings are fine and normal and it's okay, right? <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, in the way this industry works, it's like the point where you begin to have those feelings and the point where things begin to be difficult are the same points where you're going to be out in front of the press and out in front of the public and talking about, you know, your game and kind of reconciling the feelings of, you know, something ending and then whatever sadness or negativity might be associated with that. You're, you're supposed to put on a happy face and smile and pretend that everything's wonderful. Mm-hmm. When you could inside be feeling Im- immense amounts of uncertainty and fear about what's next. Um, and that is hard. And one of the things uh, that that is really good I- advice is to put boundaries around what you're willing to talk about, right? So if you don't want to go into that stuff, don't, don't respond and don't, um, don't let people ask, don't answer people when, when they ask you, right? Say, no, that's not something I'm really prepared to talk about, or I'm not comfortable going there, or I'll be able to answer that better in six months, right? Um, there's ways to brush those conversations off that help can really help you uh, keep those boundaries in place, right? Keep those feelings uh, private if that's better for you. Got you. And some of the advice yeah. I sort of have been giving is like, don't, there are moments where it might feel overwhelming and, you know, the inclination is to to turn to social media and just spill everything. And sometimes that's not reflective of your actual feelings. It's just a moment in time that now is kind of out there and, and just defines, you know, your whole experience. What would you say to people that are, you know, maybe they're in that point where they're just like, or just, you know, have a feeling that's just overwhelming. Um, so I got great advice from our social media manager who was like, if you have any questions about whether what you're posting is appropriate or the right thing to post, 
don't post it. <laughs> I'm just like, don't. Sleep on it. Sleep, on, <laughs> Sleep it. on it. You can write it down, save it in a file, and put it to the side. You don't have to put it on social media. Um, yeah. And and another really good uh, tip that we provide our team and to anyone who we work with is um, – Anything that feels remotely vulnerable or complicated because, you know, Twitter is not a place where you put complicated ideas up. It's really hard. Write it, save it and walk away and wait to post it because you're going to feel different in 24 hours, maybe even in three hours. And that time and space gives you a chance to have said it, to have, you know, put it in, in writing and then to, to, kind of test it against what you what you're feeling as time goes on so being you know be don't 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 miss mistake what you say on social media as the same thing as what you should say to your friends and your confidants it's not the same thing it's a different space it's a different context it's very public it's rather permanent yeah and in my own personal journey, I've had to kind of understand that just because I have a feeling and it might be very real in that moment and it's a feeling, it doesn't necessarily reflect like everything or even reality. Like sometimes my feelings are completely irrational and don't have any relationship to actually what's happening. And sometimes, you know, that that's a tough thing when, when you're dealing with a public forum like this. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be, you know, we, we want a lot of these projects that people put out are really personal and they feel you have put a lot of yourself into them. And it's easy to con confuse that, like, this is my project and my passion with now I need to share everything about myself and all of my feelings with the world. And those are different things. You know, you, you can put a lot of yourself into a project without putting a lot of yourself on display. Yeah. And one of the things I'm finding is that it seems to differ uh, significantly between, I mean, people that identify themselves as their project, you know, this is me versus this is yeah. my project seem to be more prevalent in the indie game space rather than AAA um, because perhaps because uh, finances. And that's something that I'm wondering if it connects to because mm -hmm. AAA people have, you know, not as much maybe as writing on that as far as their livelihood and the things that would make it identify as them. And they can kind of move on to another project while feeling a little more stable than somebody like an indie developer who is affected on many levels um, by the success or failure of their game. Yeah, I mean, it's inevitable that when you put so much of your own time and money and you have your own financial livelihood riding on a game, that it's going to feel very, very, very personal. And it's going to feel any failure or success is going to start to feel like um, like a judgment on you yourself, right? And that's a, that's a hard thing to separate out. And uh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Um, this is your work is not you you know that's a classic thing what we do is separate from who we are and that's work that's hard to it's hard it's it's hard personal work to recognize that um on the other hand it's okay to have emotions as i said about the launch of something that is deeply personal or the, about which you're deeply invested and so um you know it's okay to feel feelings about this stuff. 
it's also okay to let a project be separate from who you are, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether expectations are reasonable and maybe a game is wildly successful, um, it still seems like uh, there's not always everyone who's going to love that. And some people, especially online, are going to have you know, mean things to say and, and obviously not considering like a person's behind this stuff and they're going to just be mean because that's the internet. They're just mean. So how do you deal with people coming at your, your project or even you, um, especially for games like, you know, any kind of esport or any kind of like MMO or something that has, you know, more direct effect on people's play styles. If you make any, you know, something they would consider quote unquote a mistake, how do you deal with the aggression that inevitably comes from, you know, somebody's always going to not like it. Right. Well, I think um, one is to remember that it's really easy to make comments on the internet anonymously. <laughs> yes. And it's really hard to understand the context uh, that uh, of people's personal work and, and their game, etc. And so the internet is really impersonal. And that means that people are mean there more easily than they than anywhere else. And that's unfortunate, right? But it is true. Um, and it doesn't lessen the feeling of uh, being attacked or the experience of online harassment or online pylons, right? Um, and so um, some of the tips that that are used that that we that we give to people um, who are experiencing online harassment, of any sort, and this is this is harassment, right? People being mean about your game online in ways that are potentially uh, irrational and quite uh, uh, personal um, is to make sure that you take breaks from reading that stuff, separate yourself from it as much as possible. So, don't be the only person who reads the comments. Sometimes have someone else read them for you and highlight or surface what's important, or um, uh, summarize them for you so that you can walk away from that so that you don't become consumed by it. So if something is happening online that feels like a pile on, mm -hmm. don't let that consume you. It is not the only thing. Usually the voice, the loudest voices are a small number, Yeah. right? So don't let that consume you and don't let it be the only thing that you pay attention to um, over time. Gosh. So, yeah, take breaks from what people are saying. Find allies and and partners who can be who can do that work for you and take over from you at certain times, so that you don't have to be the only one doing it. And um, and remember that it's not everybody. Hmm. Perspective, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that perspective often requires you to talk to somebody else. So the other thing about this always is reach out to your network. Find people you can talk to about this stuff. Don't be the only person you talk to. You know, don't just let it recycle in your head. Don't, you know, get get other perspectives, get other contexts so that you aren't stuck in a loop of feedback loop of this is what everybody's saying. This is the only thing, etc. Yeah. If you already are depressed or you already are anxious or you have 
you know, a mental scenario. Do you have any recommendations on just kind of getting ahead of it and knowing this is something that's probably going to be difficult? What steps should you take to Hmm. support yourself? So if you already have a diagnosis or something that you've had in the past or, or challenges that you know kind of arise in your life frequently, what you need to do is um, is think a lot ahead of time about self-care, right? Yeah. And self-care is as simple as eating and sleeping and getting exercise on a daily basis. Like <laughs> they really sound simple, simple, but they're not. <laughs> they can be hard to do, right? And yeah. so, so have plans for that. In stressful times, have plans for how you're going to do that. You know, the day, the week of your, of a game launch, maybe you uh, make some food and freeze it mm-hmm. and you can quickly defrost it, right? Maybe you uh, set alarms for yourself to remind yourself to go to sleep at a certain time. Uh-huh. Maybe you uh, have someone come over and drag you out of your house for half an hour so you can walk like get outside or take you to the gym, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. Do, or or whatever it is that feeds you. Maybe it's having a cup of tea. Maybe it is going outside. Maybe it is playing a game that is not yours (laughs) for half (laughs) an hour, you know, but um, either, either set reminders for yourself or find people who can um, be those reminders for you uh, and plan ahead for that kind of stuff. There's self-care. There may be other coping mechanisms and other tools you have in your toolbox. Some For some people, it's meditation. For me, it's yoga or gardening. You know, there, there are things that are already in your life that you may have already identified as tools, um, people you need to talk to or want to talk to or reach out to, all of that stuff. Have those things kind of ready so that when you really need them, you don't have to think too hard about accessing them or identifying them. Got you. It's kind of surprising to me that there isn't already a, you know, a group or a community of game developers who are launching something that has that kind of support built in. And maybe I need to start this, but it feels like, you know, Actually, no one knows yeah. it better than those who are already doing it. You know, they're, they're already doing it. we have some of these, a lot of these self-care tips are up on our website. Okay. Take this.org. Um, and so, and we have, we also have a page of like mental health resources. If you feel like you're in crisis or need to find a a therapist of some sort, all of that stuff is on our website at takethis.org. Um, and, and so that's, that's another place to go if you need tips. Uh, we have a lot of articles and, and advice too. Um, but, but the, there are, we've been actually, we've talked to a couple of different groups that are trying to figure out how to start up, uh, local, support networks for, for indie uh, developers that aren't about the game itself, but are about their own personal needs and self-care. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a need that isn't, it's, it's a niche that hasn't been filled yet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, if I'm doing something I, and it's challenging, I like to set little rewards for myself. Like I can read my book, I do an hour of this or something like that. <laughs> Does it help? to have something upcoming to kind of jump you across the ending of something and maybe have a beginning? Or how how, how would you kind of like propel yourself through that and, and find something positive to move towards? 
Um, absolutely. So in the same way that planning ahead for self-care on a daily basis is important, planning ahead for self-care at the end of a big project is important, right? Um, and you, each person knows what is what feeds them, you know, what makes them happy. Maybe it's starting a new game, you know, playing a new game. Maybe it is uh, going on vacation, seeing family, you know, um, maybe it is having a week of, uh, of like no screen time. There, there are a variety of things that people need out in their lives. And, and each person really has their own thing. You just have to, you have to stop before and think about it and identify what it is and give yourself that time and space. Um, but, but the best advice I can give is don't rush and do what you know makes you happy. And that may not be what somebody else tells you is self-care, right? My version of self-care is mine, not yours. Ah, okay. These things are really personal. It's just like finding a good therapist is really personal. Like the, the success, you know, that's why Take This never, never recommends a specific type of therapy or approach because like some, some astonishingly high percentage of the, the chance of success of therapy is your personal relationship with your therapist. Like what you need is different from what anyone else needs. I see. Okay. So that's an interesting relationship. Yeah. And it doesn't have to do just with therapy. It also has to do with self-care and your own needs, right? Yeah. So moving on to some stuff that is related, but slightly different and, and maybe related in the sense that, you know, there are, of course, lady game developers and we're trying to see more of them, but it seems like the majority that at least I interact with are men. And mm -hmm. I don't know if, if you're finding this, but men seem to have a more challenging time speaking out about their feelings and especially like any kind of mental struggles that they're going into. Uh, and, you know, that applies, of course, to devs in, in general across the world. But I, I'm, I'm hearing this, whether it's true or not, for our International Gaming Summit that's coming up. So what kind of, what are the qualifications if you are a man who would like to speak about know your experiences in the industry that might relate to mental health to be able to do things like join this or to have you know panels what what are people looking for mm. so um mental health challenges are universal one in two people will have some sort of experience or diagnosis in their lifetime so that means fully 50 percent of the world <laughs> I, there i am not exaggerating so if you don't know someone who's experienced a mental health challenge, somebody's not telling you. Mm. Um, period, end of story. There are a lot of cultural tropes that prevent people from talking about their mental health diagnosis, men and women, but especially men, because emotional emotionality has been the, the, the cultural space of women for a long time, but and in in very judgmental ways, right? All these ideas about hysteria and emotional weakness that that are uh, have been ascribed to women over the the centuries, and and the, these are harmful not just for women but also for men because it means that there's not space for men to have emotions in a healthy way. And yes, it is scary and difficult 
to be the first person or feel like you're the first person to talk about your emotions in a certain context. But, but, and this is a, this is an experience I have had universally. When I start talking about stuff, it opens the floodgates and I get us, I get from other people a sense of relief. Hmm. It is a relief to talk for real about your mental health challenges or those of your family members. And when I normalize that, when I say everybody's got this story of in some way, you know, and yes, I see a therapist and it's great that I see a therapist and just have that conversation. Just like I say, yeah, I see my doctor on a regular basis. Yeah. I get sick sometimes that is empowering. It means that other people can talk about it too. And I guarantee you, no one is alone in these, in these conversations. There's different levels of mental health challenge that people face. There's different types. But the experience of emotional or mental distress in some way is nearly universal. Sometimes it seems that the perception of you know having a mental illness makes you weak versus mm-hmm. somebody who's speaking out about it which is actually really brave and yeah. kind of a leader in the opposite of being weak and it would be awesome if people could see that that's the case and you maybe let go of some of those fears of being judged as you know, like you said n- no one's weird quote unquote that has that <laughs> i mean there are so many people that do but especially for men it seems know challenging i don't know if it's because they fear some kind of ramifications of you know their job or they fear some kind of you know judgment and and of course gender roles quote unquote you know emotional lady kind of men but you know how can we change the perception to make it you know okay to be brave and, and to be seen as you know really just heroic to open up about that i think you hit the nail on the head like bravery is strong, is strength. Being brave and telling your story, being authentic and open and telling your story is very strong. It takes a lot of strength to be vulnerable. It takes a lot of um, fortitude to tell a story that may not be all a bed of roses, you know? Um, When we are vulnerable, we create connection with other people and we demonstrate our fortitude. I know that that's not going to change people's decisions or their comfort level right away. But, um, you know, we, uh, I'm, I'm preparing to, to, to go into TIGS, the International Game Summit on Mental Health, with Mark Chandler. And Mark, um, I've gotten to know him pretty well over the last uh, couple of months. And, um, you know, he struggles with a major psychiatric illness, bipolar disorder type two, and he talks about that all the time. And um, it means that he can't function in the normal nine to five office, right? But he has tons of experience and context and contacts in the industry. He's been in the industry for 25 years. He has lots of value to add, as long as there's a way for him to carve out a, a, a different a different job and a different type of work. And it's equally as valid. It just looks different, mm-hmm. right? And so the more tolerance we can have for you know, people who contribute in different ways and people who work in flexible environments and who 
come to you in a slightly different way, but in an equally as valid way, is the, the more tolerance we can have for that, the better we are at, we, the more we value we get out of people and the more wisdom we get from the world and from people around us. And so if you can't talk about your own experience, if you can start by trying to find space for somebody else's experience that looks a little different from yours and, and, and try to identify how that might work to work with them or how it might work to, um, to raise up their, their skill and their experience, that may give you a sense of how you can then tell your story down the line. You know, it's it's um, it's hard. We are very very programmed to think that there's one right way, and there's there's you know a lot of wrong ways. And instead, we should think that there are a lot of right ways to go about this. A lot of different right ways. Just like there's a, I mean, think about it in terms of game development, right? Indie games are are wonderful in part because of the diversity of types of games and approaches and perspectives that indie devs bring to the table right? Mm -hmm. That diversity, out of that diversity comes richness and fantastic things. I mean, that's what's so wonderful about the range of indie development. In the same way, out of the richness and diversity of people comes wonderful things. Yes, that's so well said. I love that. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Now, full disclosure, I am also doing a panel at the International Game Summit. So I have some investment here. It's not completely uh, neutral. And for me, you know, this is what we're talking about right now. We're talking about indie developers. We're talking about, you know, developers in general and releasing games and the emotional ramifications of that. But at the same time, there are plenty of developers and plenty of indie devs that have other emotional, um, you know, scenarios besides launch that are going on. And it would be awesome to have a place that's safe for them to talk about this. And that's what kind of I'm seeing International Gaming Summit doing and sometimes i feel like people are afraid to speak out because it's online and you know that it always entails some kind of risk when you speak online because of interpretation but this is a place you're speaking in person you're looking at people you're speaking to them it's a smaller audience it's a i consider for me personally because i get nervous too a safer venue to be able to open up and feel like you're getting that back and forth connection and that interaction so I would love to see more men and more, you know, indie game developers in general, obviously, um, speaking at this and it's, you know, challenging to, it seems like to find them. So if people want to you know, reach out to you, there's still time. It's October 9th and 10th in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, where would they reach out to at least speak about this or kind of get more information if they're interested? So go to the website, which is tigs.ca, T-I-G-S.ca. And uh, the website has a, has a contact button. Uh, info at tigs.ca is the way to, to uh, get in touch with, with Mark and with me. And, um, and you can also register on the website. And there's, uh, uh, as of today, there are uh, panelist uh, lists and, and a schedule up uh, so that uh, everyone can see what's going on. I should look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's brand new, so <laughs> good. Good. Uh, and and we uh, we continue to tweak that schedule, and we'll, we will over the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, it, it's it's coming together really nicely, and and I'm very excited. Great. Yeah. Is there 
Is there anything else you think, um, you know, maybe even one tip that you'd like to give before we kind of close up just to tie this together? I mean, I just, I want to go back to what I said earlier, which is it's really normal to have mental health challenges of a range of types. You know, it can be, wow, you know, what's happening in my life is really kind of sucks right now. And so I don't feel good To, I think I need to go be diagnosed with something and maybe get medication. All of those things happen. All of those things are okay. They're part of the human experience. They really and truly are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's hard to, to have, you know, a view on because everything online seems sunny and beautiful and perfect yeah. and Instagram. And that's just not simply true. You're saying one that's out of two people. Everybody, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's online life is edited in some way. It is curated in some way. We all make choices about what gets put on the internet, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. And so even, even if you don't think you edit yourself online, you do because you're always making choices about what you post and what you don't. If you take more than one photo before you post it, you're editing yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody's life online is edited. Don't think that that is actually a true representation. Good. And if somebody's in, you know, a dire situation, an emergency situation, they can go on the Take This website. And where would you suggest they go if they're they're really in need of help and and you know immediate help? Yeah. So there's on the Take This website. There's a there's a little block on the homepage, that's, and and there's also a, a link to mental health resources, and it's a single page, and it has all the suicide. Um, hotline numbers, the warm line numbers, if, you, if you're if you not in crisis but feel really bad and need to talk to somebody, and resources on how to find a therapist. It also provides people who's who have friends or family members or colleagues who are experiencing mental health distress with tools and resources so that they can help get access. But all of those hotline numbers are right there. And they're they're for US and Canada, and then we also have links to other countries as well, so that you can access all of those lines uh, with one or two clicks. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks so much for being on the show, Eve. I feel like everyone's learned a lot, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Hopefully, you know, continuing to talk about positive things and, you know, help people learn more. Absolutely. I I really appreciate it. It's it's a lot of fun to talk to you, Chelsea.